What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As LGBTQ folks, we're connected now more than ever before. We live together, we fight together, and we ride together. And that's what inspired comedy writer Gabe Liedman to create Q-Force, Netflix's new animated comedy series that takes us on an adventure with a team of queer super spies and their allies as they team up to fight evil, save the world, all in West Hollywood just before brunch. Starring queer comedy icons Sean Hayes and Wanda Sykes, the new series is a delicious parody of spy shows and isn't afraid to take on the mission impossible of creating a comedy series that pushes the button on the ticking time bomb of LGBTQ folks' sensibilities. Did we mention a few of the characters look like anime Tom of Finland cartoons? Today, Q forces animators and directors Jeanette Moreno-King and Alex Salyer join us to talk about the new animated series, their shared history bringing The Simpsons to life, and the new Beavis and Butthead film. Listen as we chat with Alex and Jeanette, who is the newly elected president of the Animation Guild, about Q-Force and whether Hollywood will go on strike or not. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Before we begin, let's listen to a clip from Q-Force's episode, Backache Mountain, where Sean Hayes, as Agent Steve Merriweather, talks with Agent Deb, portrayed by Wanda Sykes, about representation and identity. This is nuts, isn't it, Deb? Like, we're the first queer agents in the field ever. I feel so much pressure to show I'm the best because if I mess up, I don't know if anyone else like us is ever gonna get a chance. Uh-huh. Hey, why don't you try and be a black woman for five seconds? Oh my God, I would love to, but wouldn't I get in trouble? Anyway, I can't wait to get home. I haven't been away from Pam for more than nine hours since we met. She's gonna be so happy to see you. As long as she remembered to put her eye drops in, otherwise she ain't seeing shit. Hello, this is Jeanette. Hi, this is Alex. Alex, Jeanette, this is Fausto. And Mark hey. from Feast of Fun. Welcome Whee! to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. How did you get this number? <laughs> uh, Jeanette gave it to me. <laughs> Bathroom wall. I did. Bathroom I wall. did. I shamelessly gave your number around all over the place. I told you to stop doing that, Jeanette. <laughs> well, you know, you have your, your public, you know. Guys, we are so loving the new Netflix animated series, Q-Force. We're a team of LGBTQ super spies and their allies team up to fight evil and save the world in West Hollywood all before brunch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. Oh my God, we're obsessed. We like it a lot. But I really want to know what is it like to get paid to draw penises for television? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> you first, Jeanette. 
<laughs> oh, well, you know, it's a it's one of those things that I always drew on my own. And then all of a sudden, somebody says it's okay for me to draw it for TV. So hell yeah, let me do <laughs> what, it. <laughs> what's that like in the drawing room when you decide you're like, okay, this character's penis is going to look like this? Or do you have conversations about it? Or does just yes, somebody do. come in and be like, this is the wang we're going to use? And you're all like, no, it needs to be bigger. It needs to be smaller. Or you know a person by their genitals, right? I mean, like you could kind of, there's character in those genitals, in those penises, right? Like, you know, yeah, yeah I, I always say that too. But um, we, we literally had meetings about how this penis should look. And it's just, it's so, it's a dream come true, honestly. Like, it's so yeah. funny. It was Alex's episode that it was, uh, which number was that? That was like the Brokeback Uh, episode where they're sort of parodying Brokeback Mountain. And the super spy, Steve Merriweather, who's kind of based on Tom of Finland and Captain America, (laughs) but he's done his voice (laughs) is uh, by Jack, just Jack, from Will and Grace, Sean Sean Hayes. Hayes. My my dick is so confused. I gotta say. <laughs> uh, then we are doing our job. Yeah, I. <laughs> so the Brokeback parody episode, uh, Backache Mountain. We really wanted to make this beautiful sex scene, and the first few passes through the episode, uh, we we kind of censored the dicks and stuff because I just wasn't sure, you know, how far we want to go with this. And the show creator Gabe Liebman said. Uh, we need to show all of it, show all the penises, like any, any chance you get. So we just went to town and, you know, I had a, one of my gay male board artists, uh, do the sex scene and uh, his name is Jeff. He did an amazing job. And yeah. Well, you, are you guys familiar that like the series has kind of caught fire as kind of an erotic thing? And so you can find like profiles and fan art on Tumblr. <laughs> <gasps> I haven't really have seen it. It's, yeah, it's not that much, but there it. is, but it is there, you know. I mean, it's like ripe with possibility, right? I mean, people do that stuff for like the weirdest shit, you know. They like <laughs> pick like kids shows and do that stuff. So it's kind of nice that there's actually an adult show with like fleshed out characters that they can do that with. So, well, that's good because you know? it's Netflix. They, they, I mean, what is it? In Orange and the New Black. We saw basically lesbian porn on that show. <laughs> did that get your dick confused as well? It did. <laughs> My dick is always confused. But, you know, so the thing about it that I really appreciate about Q-Force is that it's a very delicate comedy show that is created for and by for an LGBTQ audience. And, you know, as, as you guys are familiar with the controversies and the the dramas behind, you know, other uh, LGBTQ Netflix shows, AJ and the Queen, I imagine that there's a lot of like, can we do this? Can we get away with saying things like this on the show? Like, was there a lot of like deliberation about like how far you were going to push the outrageous factor in the show? I think the main thing that they, I don't think as far as the outrageousness goes, was a concern. They just wanted to make sure that it was, everything was in a positive light, you know, that it, that it felt like a kind of a reassuring, validating thing, even if it, uh, you know, pushed like the outrageous moments because, you know, I mean, and it, and it kind of infused the whole crew. It came from the top. Wouldn't you say Alex, like, it was just yeah. this really loving environment to work in. 
And they wanted the show to reflect that. And it was a perfect timing because a week before I was supposed to start was when <clears throat> the lockdown happened with the pandemic. And, you know, that was like a scary time. All this stuff was, nobody knew exactly, like, how long was this going to last? And there was like social unrest and everything. And meanwhile, we're all working from home with this really supportive, loving, positive environment and show, you know? So like that, even keeping things positive kind of allowed, I think, to push it more, you know? Was it like therapeutic for you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It was, it was a really scary time and it's, it's crazy. We made this entire show remotely. I mean, the writers, when they were working, when they were writing the script, they all, this was before pandemic. So they were, they were all doing it with each other in a room. But then when the art started, you know, when we started storyboarding, it, it was, it was all from home. And mm-hmm. it's also my directorial debut on a big show. So like, I haven't directed in person yet, but as far as like the content, it, it really felt like my younger self would be super excited and proud that uh, the first show I directed was this gay thing with dicks and <laughs> like, you know, it, I, I really, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of that. What does it mean mm-hmm. to direct like a, an animated series like this? Is it, are you directing the actors and their voice and you're also directing how the animation goes or is it, is it one or the other or how does that work? Well, it's kind of a, a animation is super labor intensive. So a lot of the jobs are kind of separated out. So like the writers have their writer's room where they're trying to craft these episodes. And then um, uh, as they're working, there's casting directors and the show, the showrunners basically keep an eye on the whole show. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's casting directors and they are part of the hiring and they're also directing the actors in the booth and the showrunner and show creators are in there watching that. So as far as like an, an like a episodic director, we don't really have an input into the way the voices are directed. Sometimes we can recommend alternative versions of uh, the voice acting. When they're in the booth, they try to do a whole wide variety of takes on a line so that when we're when as we're going through, you can you can pick an alternate recording of a mm-hmm. certain line, and then um, and then when when it by the time it gets to us, usually or hopefully the audio is is uh, down or we'll get some kind of temp recordings. And Alex and I, like as directors, we're pretty much m- uh, managing a team of artists trying to capture what. Uh, the actors we're going for and what the what the uh, show creators are going for and trying to make sure that it matches the tone and but it's not like you you're know, putting sean yeah. hayes in a morph suit and having <laughs> no. him move around a room no. <laughs> no no we 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 draw so basically the the really cool thing about it is we are kind of actors ourselves like yeah. when we're boarding or when our board artists are working right and it's like you know you hear the audio and you're like okay how do i how do I really push this acting and, and really reflect like what they're saying? So um, you kind of, you are an actor in a way, but you're, you're almost like a, you know, a lip sync. It's like lip syncing on, you know, like how drag queens do when they're trying to like 
right. really caricature a song, and it, it's kind of similar, you know. And um, it's, so you're like a Twink, the super drag queen, <laughs> Master, <laughs> yeah. mistress of oh disguise. Oh my god. That's the best character. That was the most fun. Twink was the most fun, too. What did you enjoy about him? Just, like, having, uh, (laughs) like, his acting, it was just, it was so cartoony already. And um, he gave us so much to work with. Uh, Matt Rogers Mm -hmm. did the voice. He's Mm -hmm. he's such a funny comedian. Well, he was a writer, um, and and he mm -hmm. was doing the voice just until they found somebody to do it. And they were like... Kid, you're a star now. (laughs) People will remember your name. I can't imagine anyone else doing it. And and really, he gave us so much to work with. And I mean, he he is the cartooniest character there. And someone on the internet was mad because they named him Twink. Because they're like, Twink is disparaging. I'm just like... How do you not have any sense of humor in your life? You know. Also, why we we label ourselves as that shit? Like you go on Grinder. Well, I don't know if you guys go on Grinder, but when oh, I honey, go on Grinder, honey, <laughs> when I go on there, where do you think I find guests for the show? <laughs> people will literally categorize themselves as a twink or a junk or a geek or a bear, a polar bear. Like there's, we have all these categories, and it's not. I mean, if you use the word twink to make fun of someone, like fuck off. But I think. I mean, people call themselves that. I used to be a twink. Well, I mean, have you guys actually looked at the disparaging (laughs) reviews on YouTube and Tumblr and they're like, cancel Q-Farts. It perpetuates stereotypes. And I'm like, this is a comedy and this is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Also, are you upset with stereotypes or are you upset with seeing gay people? Because Mm. stereotypes, these stereotypes do exist in our culture and we have every right to kind of like parody them ourselves. But right. I think people are, and I think there is maybe some internalized homophobia there. There's definitely homophobia yeah. on the straight side. Like, but oh, yeah, like uh, Jeanette, sorry. Jeanette Moreno King, where is the <laughs> Latinx representation and Q force canceled. canceled. <laughs> you know, it's funny because like, as we were going through, like, getting to know the characters, some stuff just didn't even come up. Like, like I don't know, I don't know <laughs> Stat's pronouns, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it never came up, right, Alex? Like, it was just... Well, they said she and the... They did, but it was also kind of vague, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, it didn't really, it wasn't, the show wasn't totally about that, right? The, the Everybody was just kind of who they were like we didn't have to get into the finer details of like i don't know it was yeah, just it's like we didn't everybody have to was explain. accepting right yeah. there was no explaining everybody just accepted whoever they were it wasn't like you had to do the, some big introduction as to like all of these characters they were suddenly thrown together i mean like even and like a straight show do they analyze it is interesting like like, how much uh scrutiny and pressure you know these type of lgbtq ensemble shows are under to have as wide of a net of representation and you know big bang theory they're like it's a bunch of white guys you know with one uh character or another character thrown in and no one blinks an eye 
Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, maybe we hold ourselves to a higher standard. And so we want to see that representation. And, you know, Q-Force, I think, uh, and this is actually what uh, Gabe Liebman said. Um, He said it was very important to me to me to tell more of an ensemble story than the story of just one person. We live together. We fight together. We ride together. And so Mm -hmm. that was really where Q-Force Genesis came from. I mean, you know, Q-Force is groundbreaking. So I do understand that just kind of trying to pile everybody in the car, you know, it uh, it makes sense. But hopefully this is just the beginning. And it's not like, you know, that this isn't just the one-off that, uh, you you know, a lot of it has to do with the way our media is now, you know. uh, Shows have like pretty segmented uh, demographics that they're targeting. So it kind of is an opportunity to try things, you know? So hopefully this is just the beginning and we'll be able to do a variety of, uh, of different types of shows, you know? Well, I mean, Jeanette and Alex, you guys have an enormous, impressive resume. I mean, how many years uh, did you guys work on The Simpsons? Oh, I mean, well, Jeanette, I an, like I 20 did. years or so. I mean, you and I, Jeanette and I went to college together at yes. University of Texas in Austin. Mm-hmm. We took a metalworking class. That's yeah, where we I, was terrible. I was terrible at it. I was so bad. Oh, my God. I, I still have nightmares. Jewelry? I have nightmares to this day of, like, not finishing a project on time. <laughs> I sleep, I sleep like a baby because I was like really not invested at the time, which is terrible. <laughs> and I was, maybe that's why I was terrible at it. Cause, uh, cause I, I was drawing cartoons and not paying attention to my metal work. So. You had your priorities in, in order. Well, I, 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 I can so. embarrass Jeanette one further. We took a home economics course together. We did. And <laughs> yeah. Fausto, Fausto made this amazing red satin, like, get up like this suit was it a suit it was a suit right it was uh yeah pants and a shirt <laughs> and you know the, the simplicity patterns honey don't this is yeah. vogue you know but the the uh yep. the conservative texas woman who was like doing the class oh, she's yeah. like mm, that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> and she sounded just like that Pretty much. She was a, yeah. you know, yeah, old, old yep. shrivel up silver haired white woman with a little yeah. bun. She, she had to be like in her late sixties, early seventies. Like she, she looked like, stellar. she looked like she had probably been teaching like home ec for a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was the only way you could learn how to sew was to get into the home ec program. Yeah, that's true. Even though we had like a theater department and all of that, you know? Ridiculous. But you were also um, a cartoonist for the Daily Texan, the college newspaper, and that's where you met your uh, spouse, um, Tom yep, King. That's true. And there were a few of us that were cartoonists there, like Chris Ware, who's a really well-known cartoonist, uh, was a cartoonist there at the same time. And Robert Rodriguez was a cartoonist there. Robert uh-huh. Rodriguez, the what? filmmaker, was working mm-hmm. alongside with Jeanette mm-hmm. in drawing these, you know... And tr- cartoons, like three panel cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah. And Spy then, like, Kids, the guy who does Spy Kids. insane. Yeah. And when he, like, he did, like, this is totally off topic, but 
he did like a pharmaco for like a month and he got like seven thousand dollars to make el mariachi and when he was gonna do that i was like are you crazy you should save that money but thankfully he didn't listen to me and his whole like career is uh it, it was a crazy time so yeah i i did a lot of comics at that time and that's kind of what got me going on this path you know well wait, so um, i don't did, know uh, if i i don't know if alex alex did you work on, on simpsons uh not really i i did oh, okay. uh i i well i animated a tree house uh, on a tree house uh, oh, you did right, the tree house right. of horror um episode 26 i sound like comic book guy like wrong again jeanette moreno <laughs> <laughs> Alex worked and, on the introduction to The Simpsons. Yeah, you did a couch, couch gag, right? Yeah, I did. A, I worked on a couch gag with um, uh, a uh, well, someone who we don't need to talk about. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a tribute to Ralph Bosch. Ba- I'm not pronounce his well, name. Baski, the uh, the Ren and Stimpy uh, guy. Bakshi, yeah. yeah. Oh no. Mm-hmm. No, John Chris Felusi. I, I used John to work Kay. with him. That's mm-hmm. how I got my start with uh, him. I was working out of his house, and um, uh, we worked on like some stuff for Miley Cyrus and The Simpsons, and like all this stuff. But um, mm-hmm. there's uh, a lot of controversy behind that man, uh, and uh, he's he's a crazy person. So I'm glad oh. I got out of there. Ooh, yeah, wow. he kind of Alex kind of was uh, in a way. I mean, it was like he was you know like a chaotic. Like kind of a pedo type guy to work with, <laughs> but Alex did get the most out of it. Um, you know, it set his career in motion. Yeah, I've only been working for eight and a half years, and I've I'll, already I've had probably the gayest career in animation because <laughs> I like not only Q Force, but I've worked with like Trixie Mattel and Ben de la Creme, and you know, done like what'd you do for Trixie and Ben? They made them look normal. <laughs> <laughs> it was very expensive. <laughs> I, uh, but well, for uh, Trixie was uh, going on tour and um, she wanted this like kind of cartoon opening for her show. And um, I only had two weeks to do two minutes of animation, which is insane. insane. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did it. And uh, yeah, so there's that. And then, um, and then for Ben de la Creme, I and, and Jinx Monsoon, I did the, I animated the ending credits to their uh, Christmas movie that came. Oh, out. that was so fun! That was a highlight of the pandemic Christmas. God, we were all so <laughs> miserable, and here comes Jen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ben and, and Jenks uh, doing this 
adorable film, you know? Oh, I know. And seriously, Ben, I cannot say enough good things about Ben because yeah. she, she like knows animation and she's so sweet, so professional, knows what she wants. I, I like really want to work with her again. She's so great. Well, you know, we knew her uh, back when she lived in Chicago and, and performed with the oh. name Tina Angst. Angst. Mm-hmm. Oh, when she was like kind of gothy, right? Yeah, yeah. There's photos of us together, and she's just like, I don't. Uh, you I know, I believe we saw her <laughs> final performance as Tina Angst, and she kills herself off because yeah. she's just oh, like she killed herself off, and then moved to Seattle, and then reinvented herself as Ben de la Creme. And so Ben de la Creme also borrowed heavily from Varla Jean Merman's stage act. And sure. at, at Yo, some yeah. point in time, like there was, there were not like, there was some, not, there was not a lot of love for each other because, <laughs> you know, it's like, you stole my bit, you know, <laughs> but I guess they kissed and made up and Varla Jean Merman plays, I think her grandmother mm-hmm. what, she made the, <laughs> yeah. plays the cocktail that talks to yes. her. Yeah, the <laughs> Was it the spirit of her dead grandmother? Or? Well, I think Peach's uh, Christ had something to do with it because I think she cast her in something, the two of them together in something, and that was a way to kind of like um, oh. mend that bridge, if it were. Yeah, because drag queens have a reputation for, uh, the word is mopping. Mopping. You mop somebody else's act completely. They're like, I like that. That belongs to me now. You <laughs> Go away. <laughs> but Jeanette, you you worked on The Simpsons for years, and there was one character. Uh, oh in my particular god! We're talking about this <laughs> named Fausto. Oh. And Lenny's still wondering whatever happened to Fausto. Yeah, whatever so there's happened. a there's a line literally is like I'm just wondering what happened to Fausto. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Fausto? Uh, well, you know, The Simpsons uh, they touch on everything, don't they? I mean, there is like a. Uh, everything comes up in the Simpsons, so you can find. I don't. I don't even. I don't think I am even familiar with that. It line. was a um, the Perfect Storm parody where Homer becomes a, a into fishing, and they go out to oh. sea, and one of the uh, his shipmates is a Brazilian, Brazilian uh, or Portuguese, or I think it was Brazilian or Portuguese uh, sailor named Fausto. Hmm. And, you know, like I'm from Puerto Rico and growing up in Puerto Rico, whenever they say Puerto Rico on television, you're like, oh, my God. And when I saw my name and I knew you worked on the show, I was like, did did she like slip in my name or something? No. Oh, my God. That was a big coincidence because there's like uh, on those shows like The Simpsons, especially the super established ones, the artists don't don't really interact with the writers. There really is a wall. And that was one thing that was great about Q-Force is that uh, there was more interaction between the artist and the writers of this show. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And the show that I'm on right now, like I'm on a, uh, I'm direct, I'm supervising directing on an FXX show called Little Demon. And uh uh, it's uh, Danny DeVito and Aubrey Plaza are the oh, stars wow. of the show. And Lucy DeVito is also, you know, Danny's daughter is the mm-hmm. star of the show too. And uh, um, they talk to us all the time. I mean, there's like uh, the writers and the creators of the show interact with the artists all the time. It's really a collaborative effort. And 
I heard um, that Danny is so obsessed with the production that he greased himself up and hid himself in a sofa to spy on you. <laughs> <laughs> the rumors are what? true. <laughs> That's an everything sunny in Philadelphia reference. For okay. <laughs> Google yeah, it. Danny DeVito it. greased up naked. Just Google it. Oh my God. Do I want to see that? It's, it's more, you know, Danny DeVito is a comedy powerhouse. Man, he has yeah. been so great to work with. He is so invested in this show. I mean, it's his company. That's a uh, Jersey Films is a is a produ- production on this on this show. So they're totally invested, and they've been like a joy to work with. So I feel really lucky. But the old shows, like like Family Guy and and Simpsons, and a lot mostly the older broadcast shows. There was a huge wall between the writers and the and the artists. Mm. And it kind of feels like it's it's changing because why should there be a wall? We're all working on these shows together as a team. And it only helps if you can if you talk to each other about the show and what we're making. Well, one oh, show yeah. I'm really excited to see come to life and I'm a big fan is Beavis and Butthead. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeanette Moreno King, you brought Beavis and Butthead back to life. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> I work. I, I was a sequence director on the movie that they're working on right now. They're working on a movie and a series. And I was going to stay on for the series, but then I got offered the job on the supervising director on Little Demon, so I had to leave. But oh, no. I know. But I am on the movie, so uh, that was really fun and challenging work because uh, Mike Judge was super involved with that. And uh, and movies are a lot can be – there's a lot of changes and rewrites on movies. And uh, it's kind of constantly crafting, almost like – every day like on tv the schedule's a lot faster and they get the script down and we have to just kind of move really fast to get it done because we have delivery dates and on the features uh there's a little bit more rewriting like all throughout the whole process and so are you having like mike judge calling you and be like jeanette i need this, those tweens to be finished by <laughs> tuesday I don't know what they would say, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He was, like, just kind of constantly reviewing what we were doing, and we would have meetings, and he would kind of be like, you know, I think it would be funny if we did this, you know? So they're constantly trying to make it funnier, and we're we're pitching ideas, trying to make it funnier, and, you know, like, like what kind of... What do you want the audience to feel about certain characters? So you're constantly, constantly tweaking those characters and then alex uh sawyer uh your your resume is insane (laughs) bojack horseman human resources of course Mm -hmm. hbo's animals big mouth Katy perry miley cyrus damn a lot of crazy stuff in there right i want you to draw me like you draw your girls (laughs) <laughs> my French girls. Your French girls. That's right. Many, yeah. I can't tell you how many dates I've been on where he says, like, nope. <laughs> is, that hey, a, is that a killer at the end of the day? Are you just like, oh, <laughs> not again. Not again. I'll, 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 I'll totally draw you. 
<laughs> the thing is, if, they, if somebody asks you to draw them, they better not bitch about what they end up getting. That's all I got to say about you that. You like dune buggies? Do you like to draw? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, so like right yeah. now, I'm I'm directing on Big Mouth, and uh, it's it's so fun. Like I don't know, have you guys seen that show? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I've seen the first yeah. season. But it's dirty. It's really dirty, but it has a lot of heart, which I really love that balance. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of a educational show in a sense. Yeah. It's very I, sex I wish positive. It, yeah. You know, so. Wait, wait, wait. You cut out. Say it again. Yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I, I wish I had that show as a kid because uh, growing up definitely is like a gay kid. Uh, going through puberty and having all these feelings. And it's just like, we didn't really talk about that shit, you know? And um, it was confusing. What would you have liked to know about sex when you were 14 years old (laughs) from the TV show, Big Mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, okay. Let me think. Um, I guess. Masturbation's good. Yes. Master. That masturbation is good. Will not go to hell for taking it up the butt. I mean, I guess we really know yet. We'll find out. <laughs> you know, it's totally normal to have these feelings. You're not alone. I wish I knew that, like, everyone else was as perverted as I was. Because I seriously was like, am I alone in this? Do I, am I the only one who wants to touch a butt? No. Um, no. Well, Alex, your your Instagram <laughs> account is very uh, nipple heavy and very sexual <laughs> and very juicy. Thank you. <laughs> is, is this um, a reflection of your? Uh, I mean, you're obviously like very passionate about this as an artist, but sexually speaking, do you like? Are you aroused by your drawings? <laughs> uh, I'm not, but I, I wish I was. I do find them very erotic, but um, I they're they're kind of that. I'm not like a crazy like uh, I'm sorry you cut out could you say that yeah, again yeah say it again oh okay let me it's weird hold on let me try Did you buy your that. router no I mean yeah but uh, okay can you hear me now yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not like a crazy sex fiend uh, I think people would <laughs> maybe assume that by looking at my drawings but um I just grew up very, very religious and repressed. And I think, uh, oh, like, we'll just know. fill in the words. Uh, Mar- the test oh, results oh. in Maury says that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you cut out again. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> that oh, is, you are a really? sex fiend. No, no. So you're saying that you are, a, you're not a sex fiend, but you, uh, grew up with a lot of repression. Yeah. Cause I grew up really Christian. So I think, my art is very, uh, it's the result of a lot of, you know. What is the uh, community, uh, the religious community you grew up in, uh, what do they think about your uh, your success as an animator now? I Are they freaked out? I, I have no idea. <laughs> my, I mean, my parents are proud of me, um, yeah. but I, they, I, they don't really watch. They're not going to watch Q-Force uh, yeah. or Big Mouth, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're they're glad I'm I'm successful. Oh, there must be a certain amount of freedom with that, you know, for uh, you know, like knowing that that they're supporting you, but don't have to see it. 
you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at what point in you guys' careers did your family go, okay, you're not wasting your life. You actually have a, a future in this. <laughs> My, uh, for me personally, uh, there was, I could only go up. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, my, uh, I come from a pretty poor family and, uh, my mom, uh, is supportive. She, ne she's never really understood me, but she's always been super supportive of whatever I wanted to try, like whatever I wanted to do. Uh, you know, she, she was a little nervous about, um, about, you know, me deciding to go to art school and quit engineering and that kind of stuff. But uh, she also knew that I had my own, like, way of doing things. And, you know, and I'm a, I'm a pretty strong personality. So she was just like, whatever you want to do, baby, you know. And so that wasn't an issue. But my mother-in-law with my with my husband, <laughs> she was like a VP at a bank. He comes from a very high achieving family. And they thought that we were insane, right? They mm. thought that that I was leading Tom astray. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. They blamed you for no, his passions no. and not him, really, the, not the other way around. They, they didn't really blame me. It was more like I was supporting, uh, like his crazy idea. You know. And what is his like, crazy idea? To be an artist. He's a director too. He's okay. a director. He's an uh, episodic director on uh, Central Park. Oh, so wow. when when we moved to L.A., we didn't have any jobs like we were. We just moved here like we we're like, OK, this is what we're going to do. And we moved here and it took about six months. And he got uh, actually four months. He got hired at Futurama. And then a few months later, I got hired at Futurama. And that was our first job in L.A. And, and now you're the president of the Animation Guild. Yes. I am. <laughs> Congratulations. Watch out, world. <laughs> I I love doing that stuff, you know? What? I don't know how you do it, Jeanette. Like, how you are able to have four jobs at one time. <laughs> well, I'm good at delegating. I think that's... Uh, what what is that what does that entail, being president of that? That's like being president of, like, the Screen Actors Guild or something, right? Well, not really. The Screen Actors Guild is its own union, mm -hmm. like just like the Writers Guild or the Directors okay. Guild. Mm -hmm. The Animation Guild is part of a bigger guild that's, uh, uh, you know, IATSE. So, like IATSE represents a lot of uh, a lot of below the line people. So right now there is like a lot of tension going on with IATSE. And uh, most people that aren't in entertainment probably are unaware of what's going on. But a Yahtzee, uh, like the the board game with the dice. It's the it's the International uh, Alliance of Theatrical and Stage Employees. Ooh. So uh, so like grips, camera people, makeup artists, costume designers, you know, carpenters, like all of those craft people in entertainment it even covers like like stagehands like all the broad broadway shows those are iatsi people mm -hmm. and you know like uh it even covers like conventions and like oh, so like, like live babes and all that kind of stuff well no <laughs> the people that set up the conventions <laughs> okay. so like so like those big giant concerts that you see like with all the 
the rigging and the lighting equipment and the sound, like those are all IATSE people. So the Animation Guild is part of that big guild. Mm. But, you know, the Animation Guild by itself has almost 6,000 members. And um, so what's, what are they going through right now that's the big concern? We might be striking. Oh, um, shit. Like everybody in that, everybody in, in IATSE? Uh, or just yeah, the animation? I don't know that she can talk about uh, it, though, can you? <laughs> uh, I can talk a little bit yeah. about it. I mean, by the time this airs, uh, our media blackout should be should be lifted. Um, but, but wow. you know, hopefully. Um, so there's just like talks are super contentious right now. Mm. And uh, it are, seems are you, really possible that that might happen. Are you involved in the talks? Uh, no, the leaders at the top, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, the people that are, uh, we have a president at the national, it's like, a, like a international level mm -hmm. that is talking. See, in the past, like we would have our talks with like studio heads, but all of these conglomerates are buying studios. So it's like, we're talking to Comcast, whoever the fuck that is. Right. Oh, like wow. It's, it's like these massive international companies now that are trying to like, you know, take away things that we've always kind of had. So, mm. you know, it's power to the people. I know if you, there's an Instagram, Instagram, uh, 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 I don't know. What do you call it? An Instagram that has like, it's called, uh, IA stories, mm -hmm. uh, and you will see like a ton of testimonials from like below the line people, like what the issues are that that is happening with live action. You know, like they work like sixteen hour days, and they're not allowed like meal breaks. Like, what the hell is that? What? They barely have time to go home and go to sleep. Did you guys ever in your career as as animators or illustrators or cartoonists ever have to have like? insanely long shifts with no meal breaks or bathroom breaks oh my god yes especially in the early days uh yeah before i was like in union gigs for sure i mean i would be up for like three days at a time um which was not a good choice but um yeah. <laughs> it got me through sometimes but uh yeah i mean animation is like i think it's for crazy people because really <laughs> you have to you have to draw so much stuff like mm -hmm. you i mean you can't just hit a button and have the characters move around. It's like you have to draw it out. Also, yeah. you have to be like not attached to what you're drawing because we all get notes. And a lot of times you're working on something for a long time and it just gets thrown out. You got to so, kill your babies a lot. Oh. Yeah. Yep. That is the hardest job as a, as a, you know, visual artist for hire especially graphic designers is that you'll put together a beautiful poster and advertisement <laughs> business cards or whatever. And the client's like, I hate it, but yeah, they don't, no, yeah. you know, the bad clients actually don't give you a lot of direction. They don't know what they want. And when they see what you created, they don't want that either. And sometimes yep. you're just chasing after somebody who's just unhappy. Yeah. But then sometimes you one they're super sweet and they're willing to work with you and that's <laughs> when it's just like beautiful and so mm -hmm. fun well mm -hmm. and, and it's the you know from talking to Jeanette um you know the team behind Q Force seems very wholesome oh yeah I mean Gabe was so accessible and so mm -hmm. collaborative but also 
like, yeah, he, I mean, of course he had a vision, but you know, I, if I pitched an idea that he liked more, he'd be like, cool. Like he has no ego. And oh, yeah. I feel like Jeanette and I. Well, no ego. He did make egos. himself the lover of the lead character. Well, <laughs> if you notice that the character of Benji looks like Gabe and is voiced yep. by Gabe. Well, well I, I mean, that. if you had Fausto, if you had developed a show, wouldn't you want a drawing of yourself? In that Hell show? yes. Yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> wouldn't you want to get fucked by Steve Merriweather? <laughs> I, believe me, I've, 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 I've thought about it. <laughs> you know, and Sean Hayes, you know, in, back in his day, he was a hunk, you know, when he was on first getting started on uh, Will and Grace, he was like, you know, jacked. Oh, yeah. At the gym. I remember, I remember yeah. seeing him at Runyon, Runyon Park and seeing him hiking through. And he was so like, it was like at the height of the Will and Grace thing. And he's mm. like, you know, hiking along like in little shorts or whatever. And everybody's so happy to see him. And he was just smiling and waving <laughs> like he was on parade. It was so, he was, he was loving it. And it was, you know, it was nice. It's good that he was into it and enjoying that you know he's got a great presence like in our table reads um Mm -hmm. because we would do table reads over zoom Mm -hmm. and man when he gets into character it's like such an amazing thing to watch like he is (laughs) such a professional and just Mm -hmm. so good at his craft we heard that he was contractually obligated to not come out of the closet when he was filming will and grace and Aww. even until it was uh, well into reruns, and that's why he didn't ever come out until how that, ironic like, is that? later. I know, isn't it? But you know, that's the world we live in, huh? And that's well, the story of Q Force. I mean, Steve Mary. Well, you dropped career. out again. It's the the oh. CIA is uh, censoring it because actually Q Force yeah. is a documentary, not a. <laughs> well, uh, can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. what you what said I, it was the story of Q Force. Well, I mean. I mean, Steve Merriweather, Jack, you know, Sean Hayes' character, it's ruined. And it, yeah, it seems to reflect his own experience. Mm. Yeah. Not that his yeah. career got ruined, but that he had to be in the closet, you know? Yeah. I love also, yeah. too, that you guys have uh, David Harbour working on it. He plays the straight guy, but uh, I like when he introduces <laughs> himself to people as he goes, I'm the, I'm the third gay cowboy from Brokeback Mountain. People are like, there was a third gay cowboy? Well, like, the actor David Harbour yeah, yeah. in real life played the third gay cowboy yes. in the movie Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. And then in this series, that's kind of referenced a bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't Buck hot? I feel like he's like the sexiest character. Yeah, he's 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 the hottest one. Right? Unintentionally yeah. sexy. And it might be my internalized oh, yeah. homophobia, but I have a feeling that Buck may have had some you know, fun in college or something. That's season two. <laughs> season two for sure. And um, I mean, he definitely has a thing for Twink. I mean, but, um, did yeah. they fuck? Is that are we are we left to believe that they had some sex? No, there they didn't have sex. No. But okay, Twink definitely wants to top him. Yes, he wants to top him. <laughs> um, and then I guess the the um, the lesbian character uh, of uh, you know Stat, voiced by Patty Harrison. It, you know, has a really interesting trans, plot line. I think, right? She's yeah, she's yeah I, I would think of her more as the trans. Oh, character. really? Okay. Is, yeah, I mean, trans, trans lesbian. She's right? also non-binary. Well, we don't know if she's a lesbian. I don't know. Or, you know, we don't. She, we don't really tra- know. We. I mean, we don't know what her sexual orientation is, but she is a, a trans woman. She's a sure. cybersexual. 
and she develops a romantic relationship with an artificial intelligence yeah. in the series, Played which by I Cleo thought DePaul. would be a fantastic series in of itself because whenever <laughs> you have like a genie basically as a character, you know, they did that on the animated Punky Brewster. They did that in, um, what is it? The Flintstones with Gazoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you have like a supernatural genie character in a cartoon, it just opens up the doors for possibility of plot lines, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they'll come back for season two. Well, we don't want to spoil it I for people. I hope so. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope they get a season two. It's going to be, it'll it'll be a co- totally different crew, though. That's the sad part. What? Of Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, because uh, what happens, like you don't, who knows if Alex and I are going to be available if they do it again, right? Yeah. Oh. And you guys are the secret yeah. spice that makes everything nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeanette, I have to know what was Fausto like as a young little gayling oh at the University oh. of uh, Texas at Austin so back when he was a little 18, 19, 20 year old. Yeah. Uh, twink I himself. I, met, I was a twink. I met. I think, oh yeah, for sure. Definitely a twink. And I think you were like 18 when I met you. Yeah. Um, and you were, you know, he, he was still like kind of discovering himself and not really, you know, like you were, you were trying things and like trying to, and I, I think Linda Montano really helped you like oh, kind of find your yeah. voice and, and, uh, you know, and and at the time, like, you know, this was, even though it was Austin, it was still Texas. So, <laughs> you know, like it. That should it be on a, a t-shirt. This <laughs> was Austin, but it's still Texas. Mm-hmm. It was a big, you know, he was really putting himself out there in a way that some people just didn't want to hear. Mm. Like they didn't want to. You know, oh. and and so Fausto was brave. He was like a brave little eighteen-year-old twink. Oh. You know, he really was. Well, we um, saw Linda Montano uh, recently there in in Austin. She did a performance piece with probably some of the people you might remember from Texas, and it was basically kind of like a funeral for herself. Uh, Aww, presented as like really? an art, yeah, but as an art piece, you know. And she really wanted people to be like she wanted. She's like, you have to forgive forgive people that kind of thing and so she yeah. invited people up to the stage and Fausto comes up to her hugs her and goes linda i forgive you and she, the look on her face was just like how dare you you little brat and she goes fausto i forgive you too and it was she, I, she was, a, it was, a she gag. was really interesting because she was always like life is art mm-hmm. so she was like yeah. always kind of on 
And I remember her going <laughs> through like she went through her different color phases. That's when I like mm-hmm. she was more on my radar. So like she did this for, um, the shocker colors every she year. She wore a different color every year to represent a different central point of the human body. So like yeah. red, I guess that's uh that's the first chakra, mm-hmm. which is the chakra for money. The, the money one's the green one because that's your, your, the, the pelvis, your pussy, right? Because right? as long as you have a pussy, you got money in your wallet. <laughs> that's weird. Mine's in my butt. <laughs> well, that's the same thing. You know? It's my pussy. Yeah. Your pussy. Bu- that's, a, that's a word that people hate, but I love that word. Hey. <laughs> just li- I'm just living my truth, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, with Linda Montano, so she was on your radar. So she's a performance artist, very famous. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from the 1970s, she tied herself. Her most famous thing was she was on Entertainment Tonight. Like was she? <laughs> she there was a segment about her because she was tied with a rope, a six foot rope, to mm-hmm. the artist to Shanghai. For a year, for a and they year. never touched. Right. And so the the ceremony where they were separating uh, became like tabloid news. They're like these eccentric, crazy artists, you know. And that was her like big, big claim to fame. Yep. I re- In the nineteen eighties. Yeah. That's an endurance. I mean, they piece. had to. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they had to like do everything close together. If she was taking a poop, he was like six feet away, you know? Well, and, and Linda Ooh. has a small bladder, so imagine like, you know, in the middle of the night. <laughs> you're having to wake him up and drag him to the bathroom with her. Hey, hun, oh hun, hun, I have to use the bathroom. Linda! This is and the then, third time tonight! <laughs> and what if they had like a date, you know, or like a romantic interest? I wonder, you know, did they put it off for that year? Well, like, Linda told me that they were... Um, you know, romantically involved before the the piece started, and um, I I'm guessing that maybe the rope was Linda's way to sort of stay in a relationship with him. <laughs> <laughs> and she was uh, said to me that she uh, said, "Ah, oh, fuck this rope, fuck this performance, let's just fuck," you know. And uh, he was like, "Linda, we must not. It's sacred. The art is sacred. <laughs> no, no, Linda." And she's like, "Come on, let's do it." No one needs to know. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. I, I love oh, that God. they, yeah, they were tied to a rope. You know, and all relationships are that way, kind of, you know. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, what? Tom and I have been together over 30 years. And yeah. Yeah, there's still times where I'm like, even if I'm off doing my own thing, like, he knows where I'm at, you know, that we're, you know, it's not like I can disappear. Well, yeah. that's what I say. It's like, you know, like the j- different jobs that I work for, they're like, oh, we would like to send you to California for six months. And I'm like, I would die without my husband. I would go Aww. with you. <laughs> well, I mean, didn't, we can't Ma- afford uh, it. Yeah. yeah, we can. Mark, didn't you like, uh, didn't you do that? Didn't you go do that reality show? Like, I did. Gonna- yeah. I went away to Norway for, f- I was 48 days. It felt like oh three God. months. Yeah. Basically. And I kind of noticed that uh, Genovia in your series was Genorve. <laughs> Genorve. <laughs> and I was just like, hmm, because I know like the Prince's Diaries, it's Genovia. But then they kind of changed it to Genorve because I was like, hmm, there's a lot of Christmas stuff going on here. I remember when we had uh, Guy Branham on the show, we were talking to him because he, I guess, had met the Crown Prince of Norway. He went to school with him. 
And so he, wow. kinda, he had a run-in with him, and I was telling him, like, yeah, like, uh, Norway's like the land of Christmas. So it was kind of fun to see that that kind of maybe was referenced in the in the TV show in, in uh, Q-Force. I wonder if he wrote that episode. What's that? He was a writer on our show, so I wonder yeah. if he... I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure that was his. It was it was his input because I think he. A part of me kind of thinks he didn't like. The, the he didn't crown. like you saying that. I, no, I don't think he really liked the Crown Prince or something like that. Or he felt kind of embarrassed because he was working in a movie theater, right? And these Norwegians come in and have like uh, they're getting some popcorn, and he's just like, "Oh, you guys are from Norway. Oh, the Crown Prince goes to our school," and like the, his friend is like. Uh, that's him right over there. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, okay. But yeah, I, I, there's so many references on this show, and mm-hmm. like little pers- they're like references to things that are personal to the people that were writing it. So mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Easter like, eggs. Oh mm-hmm. yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, we put in some of our own too, like on the visual side, like uh, when Buck jumps into the toxic waste. I had this shot where I was like, let's do that Little Mermaid shot when she whips her hair out of the water and it's like this beautiful silhouette. I caught that. I definitely remember that. I was like, let's just let's throw a bunch of stuff in there and just have fun with it. And um, yeah, and and it stayed. It stayed. Yeah. Yes. With the the the, with the sex scene, how we. We had a uh, Steve spit in his hand for oh Lou, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. We we got to we got to have a lot of little visual jokes too, yeah. which was mm-hmm. so great. Well, I hope uh, Q Force does better than AJ and the Queen did. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> I, I was a fan of AJ and the Queen, and we were like, I'll tell you this, and. People at Netflix, the publicists, if you're listening out there, we are like banging on you guys' door to like give us press releases, give us a way to like promote these shows because they're really great shows. Like Q Force is really extraordinary. And a lot of people just still don't know about it, you know? Thank you. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know why Netflix doesn't, I feel like their advertising department is just not, well, it's you almost know, like non existent. And I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's the way these like new media is structured, right? Like um, these streaming services, they they uh, they count on subscribers, where like old broadcast counts on ad sales. So the the marketing departments for like movies and traditional TV, they're trying to they're they're half speaking to the advertisers when they're mm. when they mm. you know. But with the streaming services, they're just trying to get um, more subscribers, and and so it's different. They don't. There's a lot of uh, show creators for some of these streaming services that are really frustrated because they feel like they're not getting enough of that marketing attention. You know. Sure. Well, that's where the union boss comes in. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> We just want them to pay people right and give them plenty of time to work, you know, like to have like a middle class life while they're working. But as far as like how they handle the shows, I don't know. It's kind of their marketing department. And, you know, and and also like these streaming services, they have their internal analytics, like how they analyze like who's watching the shows, how long they're watching it. Like, are they stopping it halfway through, you know, that kind of stuff. So you know, they're, de- they're deciding what to air based on those kind of things. So the best thing people can do is just watch it. Right. Mm. Well, and I, I gotta say for people who are uh, fans of Will and Grace and Sean Hayes and Wanda Sykes, 
Um, you know, these two characters are tailor made for them, and there's such great chemistry between the two of them. Uh, there's a wonderful scene where, like, Wanda's uh, character of Deb tells Agent Mary, St Agent Steve Merriweather, um, you know, they're talking about their experiences as queer people, right? And and mm -hmm. uh, Agent Steve says, like, oh, it is so hard to be gay. And Agent Deb says, you think being gay is hard? You should try being a black woman for five minutes. Yeah. And which and then, then Steve like, responds and says, I'd love to. <laughs> but when I get into trouble for that, <laughs> there's so many nuances, so many layers there. Yeah. And, it's and a great uh, show. thank you so much for bringing this show to life. Uh, you know, Alex, you're a delight. Jeanette, I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. Thank you. Sasha. Yeah. Please, if you're ever in Chicago, let's hang out. We're doing a, a new streaming show with creators. Where we're inviting them into our kitchen uh, to cook with us. It's live. I create stuff. And it's it's live. And um, so if something goes wrong, we can't edit it out. We have to live with it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like Saturday Night Live, but it's drag queens and cooking. That sounds wonderful. And fire. <laughs> and open flames and alcohol. Mm hmm. It seems like you'd have to be really careful if you had like a wig or like big sleeves. You do. Or, well, when yeah. the first uh, one of the first uh, iterations of the current series, Cooking with Drag Queens, that we've been doing for a, way too long, um, it was Trixie Mattel actually and Katya, and both of them, especially Trixie, we were stir frying with a giant wok and an open gas flame. Oh my, oh my god! god. <laughs> and you know, Trixie wears those giant blonde wigs. One spark in that wig and it's over. <laughs> but we do have a fire extinguisher nearby at all times. I That's comforting. As per union requirements. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the end of the episode, uh, we give her a parting gift. And this is kind of creepy mm -hmm. and uh, foreshadowing the times we live in today. We gave her a hundred pink masks, COVID masks. Mm -hmm. And this Basically. is in 2016. Yeah, we well, we found them How in like in, in, the, in the Asian store because Asians, as you know, like to they wear those. They're more accustomed to wearing those kinds of stuff. And they were pink, and we're like, "Oh, pink's her color. Let's give her these." And it was an awkward gift, and we knew that it would have an awkward moment, and <laughs> thought it'd be funny. And and you know, now today, like I, I had completely forgotten about that scene. And then I get like a hundred people writing me. They're like, how did you and Trixie know that COVID pandemic was coming? Did, was Trixie Mattel behind the COVID pandemic? And I was like, yeah, chill out. I'm, I was wondering the same thing. And now I'm kind of like afraid of you guys. Like she is a very next? sick queen. <laughs> <laughs> but so are you. And so am I. Um, uh, Alex, um, uh, what's your uh, Instagram and scruff handle for people who are listening so they can hook up <laughs> with you? <laughs> uh, um, I just deleted my scruff. I got what? fed up with it. But um, my Instagram handle is Alex D as in dog, Salier, S-A-L-Y-E-R. And that's, yeah, that's the only social media I have. So if like, people think you're cute and they want to like get to know you better, can they send you uh, DM dirty pics? What are you trying to say to me right now? Huh? <laughs> I thought you were married. No, I'm not talking about myself. I talk about the listeners. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, send me, send all your dick pics to my Instagram. 
um, or whole picks. Either one is totally fine. And what about you, Jeanette? Uh, do you do you want to receive those as well? Probably not. <laughs> she she's more. My my Instagram is more personal, but I do have a professional one. But there's nothing in there yet, you know. Oh, uh, so if I, people want to reach wish, out to you, uh, you know, there. Let's see. Through the union, they, they could either <laughs> they could do account. it through the they could do it through the union, or they could just. I mean, my Instagram. Uh, you know, my professional one that is kind of empty right now, so there's not a whole lot to see, is at Monstro King Inc. It's M-O-N-S-T-R-O King, K-I-N-G, Inc., I-N-C. Uh, and uh, I'm planning on doing a drawing a day because I have been, the more you supervise people, the less you do that stuff. And, yeah. Uh, I need some kind of outlet to kind of do it so i gotta start doing that um, as the uh, mufasa said in the lion king don't forget who you are <laughs> that's rafiki i'm sorry rafiki so. <laughs> alex Jeanette, thank you so much for uh, talking about q force we love the show everybody go watch it on netflix uh if you're not a yes. member of netflix you can get a seven week trial membership and seven watch day. it seven days yeah not seven yes, weeks we no, seven days. Yeah, you could easily binge it. You yeah. know, it. I think it's a. I think it's a really entertaining show, and I'm really proud to have worked on it. And hopefully, if they order a second season, we can work on it. We'll hopefully see. I, I had a lot of fun working with you, Jeanette. I miss you. Oh yeah, I miss you too. Even though uh, you know, it's funny. Alex and I talked a lot when we were working on that show, and. We kept saying we should go have drinks, and we just we I've ne we've never met in person. What? You know? Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We, right oh now. my god. Let's, I can't do it today. Wow. See, but, see, this is yeah. She just doesn't want to hang out with me, obviously. No, that's but not they, it. <laughs> no, but you know the truth is that like uh, it's been it's been like hard to leave the house. Well, yeah, you know? it's COVID. Oh, yeah. Are you both in yeah. Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You both live in West Hollywood. <laughs> Wish. I'm in Burbank and but it seems to be growing a gay population here. Yeah. Yeah, Burbank so, is see. surprisingly conservative. I mean, it is a uh, you know, like there's a lot of uh there's I there's a lot of gun shops in Burbank, which is yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I, I what uh, Agent Steve Merriweather gets his guns, you know. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not talking about his biceps. <laughs> uh, I live in Highland Park, which is kind of uh, close to Dodger Stadium, like mm. around there. And your so, uh, bank uh, information, social security number, and home address <laughs> is. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. We love you. We love the show. Uh, please, please come and stay in touch. And if we're in LA, let's go have cocktails together. Yes, please. Thank you so much, you guys. Alex, let's go get drinks, please. Okay. Bye, yeah, guys. I can't today because I got to look at stuff. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. Alex Salier and Jeanette Moreno King live in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> you, you can follow them that? on their Instagram or on Twitter and definitely check out the TV series on Netflix, Q Force. The animated series. Yes. Yes. I got to tell you, it's like that Steve Merriweather, he's like, 
a little bit of um, a- Japanese anime mm. and a little bit of Tama Finland. Are you so? You, are you more turned on by him or yeah, by Buck? Of course, yeah, of course. Of course. I'm no, more. No. I, I like the Buck character a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that's how yeah. you know opposite to attract. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are kind of representations of those characters in real life. Oh yeah, yeah. You're the you're the straight white man, <laughs> and I'm the <laughs> sissy with the big biceps and mm-hmm. the little waist. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, the yeah. biceps, yeah. but not the waist. I was hoping she would tell some real embarrassing stories about when you guys were in college together. But she was very. Oh kind my to god! You. I was like, uh, it, I have lots of embarrassing stories. Oh, you do about myself? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I it was there. You know, I mean, Jeanette was a great friend. Jeanette is somebody who, like, in the truest sense of the ally, when you don't know who you are, she's just there, smiling, listening, holding your hand, and cheering for you all the way. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't know if I would be the person I am today if I didn't have the support and love by someone like Jeanette when I was at a, such a delicate young age. Oh, that's very sweet. I yeah. mean, it's important to have mentors and people that care for you and teach you and show you how things are done. I forgot to bring up this one story is that we had a friend of ours in common mm-hmm. and she was uh, openly gay. She was a lesbian um, and she disappeared and we hadn't seen or heard from her for a while. And she, uh, she ran into him, her, and, 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 and what, so what happened? And she's like, I am now a Christian woman. Ooh, so she went from lesbian to Christian? Well, she still was a lesbian. Oh. But she became like a religious conservative lesbian. And so I think it was Jeanette who asked her, was like, are you more religious now that you're a Christian? And she's like, more religious? My relationship with Jesus Christ has been strengthened. <laughs> and okay. to this day i still quote that line i thought it was always so funny you know and mm-hmm. then, you know i actually ran into her later on the 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 jesus woman mm-hmm. and since then you know she's mellowed out she's found herself a life partner and had beautiful children Aww. and a beautiful family so everybody everything worked out for everybody so just just what just when you think about it like if especially when you're young and you have a falling out with friends or some but he goes, you know, sometimes things have a way of sorting themselves out. You know, the, the future is not always cut in stone. It's no fate to what we make. <laughs> you know, and I'm extremely proud of Jeanette Moreno King's accomplishments. And, you know, this is somebody who, like, we both grew up watching The Simpsons on television. And here she went and became such an important part of the show. And, you know, behind the scenes created a lot of the parts. I asked Jeanette you know, what do you think about like watching your own TV show after being made? And she said, it's really, really hard because, you know, while you guys at home enjoy the funny parts or the things that get animated, we're at home watching, oh, that... They took that out. Oh, oh that thing doesn't look right or that movement isn't as natural as I'd like for it to be or it's mm-hmm. not as funny or, you know, so, so they're always like very critical of their work. And Jeanette Moreno is just an extraordinary person and an extraordinary artist and so it's great to hear that she's now sort of uh, being a voice for the union mm-hmm. and making sure that people's physical needs and monetary needs and life needs are being met. You know, unions are important. Absolutely. We wouldn't have uh, the work week, uh, the weekend, uh, Labor Day, all those good things and if it weren't for unions. Yeah. We want to remind people that Feast of Fun is made possible because of fierce, fabulous people just like you. Go to feastoffun.com slash donate and make a one-time donation or help us create a crowd streaming show 
3,000 podcasts are just on the way. 3,000 podcasts. Can you believe it? And so we're trying to raise $3,000 to honor that uh, that mile mark. That, that milestone. Mark, that milestone. And um, you Where can do visit they go? at GoFundMe.com slash Feast of Fun 3,000. So it's $1 for every podcast that we'll have produced. By well, now. we have just $1 for every person that's listened to this. We've had millions of dollars. Mm. But, you know. Uh, I understand that things are sometimes, uh, you know, difficult for some people, right. but it's like, and you think, well, if I gave it just $1, it's like, it's not that much money and it's not really going to move the needle forward, but believe it or not, it's not necessarily the amount is mm -hmm. the fact that you showed your support. You went out of your busy day and you went to gofundme.com slash feast of fun 3000 and gave any small amount actually kind of inspires other people who may have mm -hmm. more money have more means mm -hmm. to donate, to support. Well, you know, it's the old story of Stone Soup, which is, you know, a, a bunch of folks get together and they just, they don't have much individually, but when they all put it together, they have a feast. Uh, you know, and here we have a feast of fun because so many people through the years took the time out from their day to say, hey, listen, I like what this show does um, and I want to support it. And I, I don't have much, but I'm going to give a little bit. And if everybody else just gives a little bit, then we ensure the future of this show for years to come. And, you know, it's always a pleasure doing the show with you, Mark. It's oh, I think you're fantastic, and you're probably the world's best co-star. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'd say the same about you, too. I agree. <laughs> and you would be correct about that. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thanks for listening. And, hey, guys, if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or Google Podcasts, give us a review. Mm -hmm. Give us a five-star review. Share it with your friends. Let us know what you wrote because that actually helps the the computer algorithms, the, mm -hmm. the machine intelligence mm -hmm. to let people yeah. discover our show. Skynet. Skynet wants to know what you know. Yeah, Sky make Skynet go gay. <laughs> we like, come with me if you want to be fabulous. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>